Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Coming up, Armando Salguero of OutKick.com, NFL columnist, uh, joins us. Plus, Trey Wallace in the final hour of today's show, in about an hour and 20 minutes, we'll talk SEC headlines with Trey. Outkick.com uh, with the very latest on all of that, plus the uh, NFL schedule release tonight. Armando's got all of the information on the games that we know about in real time as screenshots are taken on season ticket holder emails or uh, other teams' full schedules get leaked and you can match up your team with certain games uh, in certain weeks. It's easy to pick through, and I'd say in most cases – Every fan, if you really wanted to, could figure out about half of your schedule around lunchtime today and then plan trips accordingly if you're looking for a road trip for, for all 32 teams. I tell you that it, it's big to pounce on a hotel early. The Titans-Buffalo game in that week two Monday night, I was a little slow. And by the time I looked at hotels up there, man, uh, stuff was up in the $300 per night range and I was dreading it and settled for something near the airport that was uh, not where I wanted to be geographically. It was um, mentioned a previous segment. We know week one for Monday Night Football with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. That will be Seattle hosting Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. Other games that have already been announced and we'll roll through uh, some of these that are through Armando and others. Um, we, We certainly know Christmas Day, which I'll get to in just a moment. Uh, But week two, on Thursday night football, this was announced uh, through Amazon, Chiefs and Chargers. It's a great game. Sunday night football on in in week two will include the the Packers and Chicago. Over-featured Bears. Uh, But getting the Bears on early, same thing for the Seahawks. Uh, Storylines galore with both of those teams. Get them out of the way. With young quarterbacks and then massive storylines with their opponent in rivalry games. Uh, Titans, Bills, and uh, Vikings and Eagles will be the doubleheader on Monday Night Football for Week 2. Week 3, Monday Night Football, Tampa Bay hosting New Orleans. Quite the story. And Peter King always does a great job in his in his column uh, for uh, Football Morning in America where he will, he will detail the schedule maker for the NFL. And during the retirement for Brady... Tampa was reportedly not on many national televised games. In fact, it may Probably only be the won't. Thursday night game. Yeah, you, you, um, everybody gets one. Could be more, but it likely not no more than two. And then Brady announces that he's back, and, well, all the networks who have placed claims on certain games or requests on certain games, they immediately want to throw that request in the trash and redo it based on Brady's response. Brady responding and coming back. He'll be on every possible network this year and new orleans owns tampa yes lately so that's a better that's, game than you might think and that's right out of the gate in week three 
Um, and then uh, the first quarter of the season wraps up with Tampa back on the road, back-to-back weeks here for, for Tom Brady. On Monday night, turns around, goes on the road to Arrowhead Stadium. Brady against Mahomes on Sunday night football in week four. That's the first month of the season. That's a pretty good stretch for marquee matchups. And then on the back half of things, Christmas Day, Packers on the road in Miami taking on the Dolphins. That's their Fox broadcast. Broncos and Rams on CBS. And Buccaneers and Cardinals are on NBC. That's your Christmas Day triple header this year. Looking forward to that and, and other games that will be announced. Leave that up for a second. I, I was complaining about the Bears early, and you made a good case for that early game on, uh, what is that, December, uh, I mean, October. Week uh, yeah, week two. But here you go. They're in week seven and week eight. We get them twice in primetime, Thursday night football, Monday night football, against the Commanders. So, I mean, maybe that's a good game because maybe they're same level. And uh, against the Patriots, too much Bears, too much. And I complain about the Bears uh, annually. It's a, it's a team that obviously has a big following. That's it. Second biggest city in the country, or third, all of that. But I've got no interest in the Bears on TV until the Bears get good. And we've talked about all these teams have done so much to surround their young quarterback, and the Bears haven't. Bears aren't going to be fun to watch this year. No way. I don't think so. I've got no interest in Commander's Bears, uh, that's for sure. Slight interest in two first-round picks from a year ago. In Mac Jones versus Justin Fields in that game. You know, and things can change. Neither but one's as of very right good. now, you show me three primetime games with the Bears, and I'd say, eh. well, one of them's a trash Thursday night game. Yeah, I mean, traditionally, but those that, games are supposed to have gotten better for well, Amazon be. this year. They they will be better, but I mean, you're still better than obligated really on the Thursday night schedule every, to work that in. Every team had to take on one of those short week games to make it competitive where another team would not have a competitive advantage because they would never be playing on a short week. Yeah. Um, so, so that's, so that that's the reason why every so team, good. that's the reason why every team has to play on Thursday. And from a network perspective, if you're going to, when is that game? Is that the week before Thanksgiving? Is that, I, I'm looking at the, the strategy. Up, I'm looking at the strategy of this, uh, uh October, end of 30th. October. Um, no, excuse me. Uh, October 20th. I'm I'm curious as to why Commanders. it's week seven and why they chose to do that game on Thursday night, week seven for Washington, Chicago. Because the network, look, Amazon's paying what is it, a hundred million a season? Uh, uh, probably more than that. Yeah, bleep, uh, it's a billion dollar type deal uh, for Thursday night football. Uh, so much so that they got it a year early from from the the Fox contract. There, there's a, I don't know what the strategy is on week seven here and what, the, what else they're head, going heads up with. Is that the World Series? Is that, I'm trying to think about what they would That's be probably World trying Series. to draw against. And if they're, if they're thinking they're not going to pull a number, you put your trash game on, the, on the week. Well, they could have done worse, quite frankly. You, you want another done trash? Jazz jet. Well, yes, trash national TV game. Uh, and Armando's reported this also. December 22nd, Jets, Jags on a Thursday yeah, night game. On December twenty second, yeah, that's one three days put before on a- Christmas, and that is the Jets' one nationally televised game. Their mandatory primetime game. I don't imagine the Jags are getting another one either. That is a trash matchup right there. That's that's the definition of one. We um, yeah, that's their least favorite Thursday night for for ratings. There, I guess they're thinking people are shopping and getting ready for Christmas, and they're gonna kill off it on, on the twenty fourth yeah. and twenty fifth. No, they will. They will on. The, I mean. It's a marquee window for them this year with the triple header 
on top of the Christmas Eve games where every team's every fan will have full representation of watching a slate of games on a Saturday and then uh, there's no competition on TV that day. And then you turn around on Sunday and you've got your triple header while you hang out and do things with family. Or not. <laughs> or you're tired of family and you just want to go to the, the man cave. Or you just really want to watch football. Yeah. And then you say, you know what? I'm going to do this instead. Full schedule release will be tonight at 7 o'clock Central, 8 o'clock Eastern. Every team, Paul, you mentioned, will be able to, to announce their week one opponent a couple of I don't hours know if it's prior. week one or home their first home. Yeah, their first home game. Uh, a couple of hours prior to that. Um, and then I'm sure season ticket holders have an advantage over all of that as well, I would think. There's got to be some type of perk with that uh, for scheduling aspects. I would want my fan base that's investing in a season ticket to be able to have a perk like that. Well, uh, and the information? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're a season ticket holder, I mean, it doesn't do you any uh, – information-wise, it's nice, but uh, you've got your season ticket. It doesn't the, – the opponent doesn't make a difference to your ticket. Well, it matters if you're home or away. Because yeah. season ticket holders can do other things on weekends where their team is not playing at home. Right. That's my that – I would want to be able to set my schedule in advance. And a lot Titans, of people a lot of people look forward to this just to plan out their, their, whole their trips, trips in the fall. And, and their home, home games. Yeah. Yeah. Titans is there, had a glitch today. Uh, it seems quite clear because I've been sent screenshots that at least some season ticket holders had the schedule on their season ticket dashboard earlier today. Which is not good. Well, not good, but yeah, they make a big deal out of keeping it a secret, like we're talking about. You want to control the information. That's not doing a very good job of controlling the information. It wasn't on purpose. I'm sure it was by accident. Yeah. And oh, for sure. They need to not make mistakes. That's a is pretty big a, accident. Yeah. Is I there agree. a way that um, college football could come up with a model like this? Could it be better? Well, they could stop scheduling eight years in advance. Well, we're going to see different schedule models happen. We're seeing that with the ACC uh, moving forward with uh, conference expansion. We'll see it with the SEC, um, where it's not going to be in stone like third Saturday in October. You know Tennessee's playing Alabama. Maybe we still get that matchup. Maybe we still have that weekend. But we've seen in recent years Georgia move spots on Tennessee's schedule or Kentucky move around. Vanderbilt's moved around a couple of weeks on the schedule. Um, If it were not as slated in on an annual basis, we could see the SEC especially cash in on something like that. I kind of like that a lot of them are slated in, but I think it'd be fun if the ones that aren't slated in were, you know, there was a Well, remember they did this it. for the, the pandemic year where they had an actual schedule release show on SEC Network where they put all the different dates in, everything, when they, they reorganized the season yep. where, you know, they opened in late September right. with games. They had a show, and it was successful. Look, I think that this is where all of college football is going eventually when they trim the fat and go with a power four or five. You're going to have a central governing body that will schedule it out. You'll still have your conferences and have a conference schedule, but you're going to have your other four games dictated by this year it's SEC versus Big 12, and it's ACC versus Big 10, and fifth-place teams will play each other. And it goes you know, based off off year, home and away and all that. And you're going to know your opponents like you do now in the NFL. And then there's going to be more of a schedule release element to it of when and where you're playing those teams that aren't in your conference. And it could be some cool trips like you're talking about in terms of scheduling. Oh, they're playing 
Wyoming. I'm gonna. I've always yeah. wanted to go to Wyoming. You could do that. Well, Wyoming's not going to be a yeah, part yeah, of it. I but just yeah. threw that out. You, you know, know so. it's going to be Tennessee and West Virginia, for instance, would be a matchup. Kansas State and Arkansas. You know, when is that game going to be played? Instead of playing Ball State and uh, Tennessee Martin in Eastern Kentucky, you're suddenly playing Washington State and Illinois and Michigan and different programs from different conferences that are Power Five players that you're going to have in the non-conference. It's going to make for a lot more compelling games every single week when you start having those teams have to play each other all I'm the time. I'm all for that. We'll get into more of the scheduling model uh, in a future discussion. Well, Trey's got some stuff um, about the ACC's yeah, they, and, schedule and the And the they're going to a 3 five, five. I, We yeah. could see the SEC with a three six six type deal um, I'll ask moving him forward. About that. Well, we'll get into that um, with, uh, with, with Trey for sure. That's at 420 today. Uh, when we come back, though, Armando Salguero about to join us. We'll discuss uh, for the, the networks have Chicago scattered throughout their primetime schedule. Um, the Giants traditionally are a, a team that has their full schedule released first. Uh, that was, or leaked, I should say, not released, but leaked first. That No different this year. The full Giants slate is out. That's why we know the Titans are opening up against the New York Giants in week one at Nissan Stadium. Um, followed by going on the road in week two. We'll, we'll get into that with Armando, uh, plus hit some other big topics across the NFL. That's next on Outkick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. We will soon be joined by Armando Salguero of Outkick.com. Uh, mentioned this last segment, don't know the details. Um, it's odd where we don't know details of an arrest whenever it's reported, uh, but... Jerry Judy has been arrested in Arapahoe County, Colorado, which uh, Denver is the seat of Arapahoe County. And uh, the, the other details, he hasn't been formally booked yet, so the uh, law enforcement's not releasing that information to the media. The media, meanwhile, there keep confirming different details. He didn't turn himself in. He was arrested by deputies. So that tells you, you know, again, like there's all these little tidbits of info um, I'll say uh, whenever the report actually comes out of what happened here, we'll relay that. Um, but it, it's hard not to assume something significant whenever you're awaiting details such as this. Like, if, for instance, the traditional 
and predictable line of the Broncos are aware of the situation. That, that's already been reported. Well, are they aware of what the charges are? Because everyone else is speculating right it's now. It's very odd, isn't it, that somebody be arrested and you not have uh, – and and authorities tell the media that they've yeah. been arrested but not tell the media what for. I, um, yeah. Because, oh. like Chad said, it, 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 it seem, it's seemingly unfair to, to the person who's arrested because it leaves so much room for speculation. Well, rough, um, rough go for former Alabama wide receivers in the AFC West yeah. with Henry Ruggs and now Jerry Judy and the mystery surrounding this. Not a good couple of years uh, for those former Crimson Tide receivers. And again, we don't know the severity of this, but you're right, Hutton. It is very strange that it's just been arrested, was taken in by deputies, did not turn himself in, and we have no other info on it. Well, let's root for it to uh, be something to be small. small. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Traffic ticket. Uh, Chad, I and Paul got this too. Your text about uh, your first loss as a head coach. That happened last weekend. Your well, thoughts? Shameful. Is it? It goes on your record. Does, does, yes. does last night's beatdown go on Steve Kerr's record? I believe. When he wasn't there? He's technically the head coach, yes. I mean, all of those wins and losses didn't go on Bruce Arians' record when, um, when Pagano was out. Well, if I, if I wasn't at all of our wins, I certainly wouldn't take credit on my overall record for those wins. I don't think you get to choose. Um, yeah, we lost when I wasn't there. Uh, and Evie wasn't there on, on Friday night, and one of our other good players wasn't there. No, no excuses. And look, I, I was ready when I saw the, uh, the group text come in officially with the final score. It was immediate shock and awe. I thought it was a misprint that I saw it. I had not heard from my assistant coaches yet. Heard from the assistant coaches at length before <laughs> Saturday morning's game when we went back at it. And uh, one of our coaches, uh, uh, Christy, one of the moms, came up and said, let's just not talk about you know, what happened last night, we can just move right on and, and, and continue going. Did you um, say, no, then, no, 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 well, no, look, no, no, we need a full no, no, no. I was, on this. I was ready. I, was re- I wasn't angry, so but I was, game film now. I was ready to immediately think, okay, boy, I, I really do Take have a, lap, a huge Christy. impact on this team. <laughs> and then we played Saturday and weren't nearly as good as we have been and won nine to six. Yeah, it's called the hangover. And it was way too close for comfort. We won, but it was way too close for comfort. So my assistant coaches do a good job. It was a rough night. It was a rough weekend. We got out of the weekend one and one, and maybe should have been zero and two this weekend. Big game tonight. Big bounce back opportunity for the little Red Sox. And then give us a little highlight package, low light package of the night that you weren't there. Uh, that was summarized to you. So um, it was an odd night in that some girls who had been hitting weren't hitting. I had the same experience Saturday, where we just had some in, inexplicably they've been hitting the last three weeks. And we're not hitting the ball and striking out. And um, they were down 9-4 to four going into the final inning and rallied to make it 9-8 to eight and had bases loaded with two outs and suffered a strikeout that ended the game. But it was also against a team that I think had won one or two games all season uh, that won the game. So, look, the league was happy. You're doing some Everyone was excited. All, everyone was loving the, the text that came in for that team to get a win. So... That was exciting for that group. Armando Salguero joins us from OutKick.com. He covers the NFL, and he's covering uh, what is the definition of the hurry-up-and-wait day, where the the news is about the NFL schedule, where week one kicks off September 11th. And we know the the first Monday night football game with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman will be in Seattle as Russell Wilson returns 
to uh, play in Seattle as the quarterback of the Denver Broncos. Armando joins us now. Armando, hope you're doing well. Yeah, I just I just felt like I went through a press conference with Chad Debrief Saban Withrow uh, <laughs> discussing you know post his post game thoughts. That was amazing. Marmondo, it gets intense out there. I'm telling you, even with the five, six, almost seven year olds, it. Uh, last night, I had a hard time sleeping thinking about this game last hey, night. I was getting worked he's up. He's on to Cincinnati. Thinking, of, thinking about the bounce. We're on to the White Sox, so we play tonight. Armando, that's, that's he's, where my focus he's lucky you weren't five minutes late because I was really going to bring it. Yeah. No, that was that was amazing. That was good. I was expecting, you know, a little bit more detail of what you expect from your players in the next game because it's always <laughs> a looking ahead thing with Saban, but that's I, fine. I expect my players that hit to hit. That's the, that's the baseline expectation. I'm fine with the young girls that I know it's going to be a struggle, but when my players that hit aren't hitting, that's when I get frustrated as a coach. And it starts with my daughter. When she doesn't get a hit, she's the one that I'm most frustrated with, and I'm sure that it comes across and the parents see, all, see that frustration with me. So true story, uh, when Saban coached the Dolphins, um, you mentioned your daughter. He would like – come into press conferences and randomly talk about his kids like to start off and it was like one time <laughs> one of them was backing out of the you know the driveway and hit something and another time they were upset over their christmas gifts and another time it was something else and i'm always thinking wow uh okay this is i guess interesting but I want to talk about the defensive line, but, but that's fine. Uh, you know, it was, he's, he's fun, fun. Armando Salguero, our guest, you can follow him on Twitter. Uh, just use his name there. And you can also read his work at outkick.com where he's chronicling all of the schedule leaks and the big time matchups. The giants are traditionally the team that always has their full schedule leaked hours in advance. Uh, sometimes the morning of, instead of the evening of this year's no different. Why is it always the Giants that we can expect to have the full schedule out there, Armando? Is there any theory to that? Yeah, there's 50,000 media members in New York, and each one of them is, is you know, hankering for a little nibble. And I got to give the folks at WPIX Channel 11 in New York the, uh, the kudos this year. They win. They put the entire Giants schedule uh, on the Internet like, two and a half hours ago, which is yeah. amazing. It's just stunning. Um, and there it is. Once again, the, the Giants, I don't know that they really care one way or the other um, that their schedule leaks. Obviously, they have to share it with their media partners. And clearly, <laughs> their media partners share it with others. Where, where's the mad rush to go report on the jet schedule? Yeah, not, not yet, right? <laughs> well, you did get that info about that big primetime matchup between Jacksonville and the Jets on December 22nd. That America is just frothing at the mouth, ready for that big matchup. Yeah, so like when I look at the schedule, and obviously I look at it a little bit different now. So are you guys aware this year um, – Christmas falls on a Sunday. Yep. Oh, yeah. You know, December 25th. January 1st falls on a Sunday. 
So we are getting NFL games for Christmas and for New Year's Day. Um, basically, the NFL is going to tell the NBA, which formerly owned Christmas Day sports, right? At least professionally. Um, move over. We're here. And I get the feeling that when it goes well, not if, but when it goes well, we're going to see a lot of Christmas Day NFL in future years because it's just it it's it's just open territory and the big heaping monolith that is the nfl is not going to be able to help itself and i mean they are crushing it when it comes to the number of viewers they're getting playoff like numbers for christmas day on these networks and there's no there's i mean there's no coincidence that they have brady and russell wilson and aaron Rodgers and Stafford and the defending champs all playing on Christmas Day. Uh, that's by design, and they'll pull a massive number yet again. Yeah, I'm not too excited about the Thanksgiving Day schedule, though. So we're going to get, let me see, we're going to get uh, the Cowboys and the Giants on Thanksgiving in Dallas. The Lions will host Buffalo. Okay. Uh, and the Patriots in Minnesota. Uh, you know, a couple of those games might very well be blowouts. I don't expect the Lions to hang with Buffalo for very long unless something drastically weird has happened between now and November in Buffalo. Yeah, so, the Tim Boyle will be your starter and quarterback for Detroit yeah. that day. <laughs> We're going to put you down to take that trip to uh, to Detroit. I'm on the, on the rampage against Chicago, uh, who who's already out for three primetime games. Uh, look, I understand the market and such. Chicago's going to suck. Uh, and I'm all about compelling games with good teams. They, they don't qualify as a candidate to present us with either. I completely agree with you. And it's kind of, of all the, the strange things, that is one of the more shocking things. And I, you're right. The, the market is huge. Uh, Chicago is a huge market and the quarterback Justin Fields is compelling but the rest of the team <laughs> I mean yeah I don't know I, I look the the Chicago Bears are going to have their day again but I don't think 2022 is that day or is that year I don't think anyone is picking them to be an exciting breakout team so it stands to reason that, you know, maybe the NFL would kind of put them away. The Jets are in a much bigger market, for example, and they only get one primetime game, and that's the Thursday night game. And basically every NFL team has to have at least one, and the Jets are only getting one. Armando, total opinion here, but what is more important, do you think, for the fan? Having a television event that unveils the entire schedule that is protected by all but about two or three people at the NFL where there's no leaks, similar to the selection show for the March Madness NCAA tournament bracket, or getting all the information out to individual teams so they can produce a slick video production of their own team's uniform unveiling, which ultimately, as we see every year, leads to a bunch of leaks where we basically know the schedule by the time the television event happens at night. Which is better, just from a fan perspective, which one do you think would be better? 
Oh, from a fan perspective, obviously, you know, me, I want to know as soon as possible. Because why? I'm a reporter. Yes. I want to know stuff. Uh, I'm curious. Uh, but you know I the fans, say, Armando. You are a voice of the fans. You know the fans. You're a man of the people. I know. I know. And you're right. Look, the show where it's unveiled and everybody is gaga and it's lovely and and it's a big deal. That's that's a big deal. And so clearly, is that the right answer? Is that what you're rooting for? I, I honestly don't know because I do like these videos. I mean, I think the Rams have crushed it from a social media video production. I'm excited to see what they do uh, with their social media team, with their, their videos they're going to have. We're probably going to come in and, and talk about our favorite ones with different teams. So I do like both, and I see the value of both, but I definitely lean towards it'd be better to have that one singular television event where we all find out together. Yeah, the Rams are indeed crushing it. You understand they're in Hollywood, right? True. I mean, they 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 have a built-in they have a built-in uh, uh, reservoir of talent there that might help them. Heaven knows they're not making enough good movies, so they're making some good videos for the Rams. Um, news came out. Uh, within the last hour that Jerry Judy had been arrested in Arapahoe County, Colorado, right there in Denver. And we didn't know what the charges were at the time. Since then, Arapahoe Sheriff and their, their office has tweeted out that he was arrested by Arapahoe County Sheriff deputies. He's being held at the county jail on charges of second-degree criminal tampering with a domestic violence enhancer. He's on no-bond hold. And he's innocent until proven guilty. That's the tweet from the Arapahoe Sheriff County domestic violence Twitter. enhancer. Yeah, I, again, like that's the that's the latest info. Never good, Armando. And we were just uh, giving our opinion on it. It's like it's rare that something like this is leaked to the media, um, and you find out about it, but no one t- really knows what the charges are. Um, and we were saying it's really hard not to speculate and assume the worst while hoping for the best. Right. Well, you just told the audience what the charges are, and I still don't know. Because well, there you go. I don't know. It's a misdemeanor. Uh, I know that, but I, I'm, right. I'm with you. I don't know what that means. I don't know what criminal tampering is. Was he like, what, with evidence or what? And what is a domestic violence enhancer? Is that like something? Uh, what? <laughs> is, it crimi- is it domestic violence or not? Uh, right. I, I, I'm obviously not a lawyer. And I, uh, I'm not a police officer either, but I don't know. It sounds terrible. I've got something you know? here. It says in Colorado, domestic violence is not a separate charge, but rather something that can enhance sentencing. Um, so I, 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 I think, well, I, I think maybe rather than, um, I was thinking of an item like yeah, uh, what's too. what's the what's the thing you know you you make somebody pass out when you put it over their their, their face like I, I was thinking of that but maybe it's a some other act that chloroform enhances, chloroform I was thinking oh. but maybe it, rather than something like that it's a it's a separate act that enhances the charges could enhance the charge I don't know but you're but, right it doesn't it doesn't lend a lot of clarification no. Armando. Right. And the problem for Jerry Judy is twofold because obviously now he's got legal issues, but he's also got problems uh, with the NFL because their conduct policy 
uh, in part says that if you bring bad publicity to the league, if you put the league in a bad light, um, you are at risk of the criminal conduct policy or the personal, personal conduct. conduct. Excuse me, I didn't mean criminal enhancer conduct policy yeah. misdemeanor. Um, so he is going to have to probably meet whether he gets off or not, by the way. Yeah, so the, mis- the, the misdemeanor is the criminal tampering. The domestic violence part of it in, in Colorado, and Paul was saying this, uh, it is a separate offense, but they lump it in. So there's domestic violence a possibility for that here. And it, Colorado is a mandatory arrest state, which means that if the victim wishes to not press charges, it does not matter now that he has been arrested. does not matter what the alleged victim would say now after the fact that he's been arrested. Right. Uh, great. But, you know, arrested, bad, convicted is the thing. Right. Because... Uh, a lot of people are arrested. You yep. know, Jesus Christ was arrested. Uh, so, uh, you know, it, I've been arrested. So Do it tell. is what it is. Do tell. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, it, convicted is something else again. What did you make of uh, the NFL wasting no time sending Russell Wilson and the Broncos back to Seattle for week one on Monday night football. I love it. Me too. I love it. Uh, It gives, you know, what's interesting about that. So I personally believe the Seahawks are not going to be very good this year. Right. Um, And I think the panel might agree with me. Yes. You look at what's going on with them and what Drew Locke is now their, you know, supposed presumptive and starting quarterback. It's good to get that game out of the way early when there is still some semblance of hope in Seattle uh, and get the crowd riled up for that game and get the, you know, the, the hype going. Because can you imagine Russell Wilson coming back to Seattle in, you know, mid-December when the Seahawks have lost nine games or ten games and nobody cares? And, oh, Russell Wilson is here to stomp on us. Uh, Great. So what will happen is folks will come, you know, the 12s, they'll be uh, fired up, and they're going to fill the place, and it's going to be loud. And then they'll realize that Russell Wilson will light them up, and they're not very good. If I'm not mistaken, Armando, Tom Brady's earned $333 million in his NFL career, which has been 20 or 21 years, and his new contract with Fox is going to pay him 375 over 10 years. Uh, TV might be a better business than quarterback. Which is shocking, right? I mean, it, look, so – Full disclosure, the Fox spokesman told me and told others that those figures are not, you know, that the reporting is not accurate, wholly accurate, but did not correct it. So we don't know if it's 10 years, 375 or not. Let's suppose that it is. Tom Brady is going to make more money talking about NFL football in 10 years that he did playing NFL football 
over 20 some odd years, 22 so far, which is stunning. I mean, stunning. How do, how do these broadcast partners make money? Because I paying that kind of salary, and by the way, uh, they pay handsomely for the rights, and now the rights holders, now that the pool of the rights holders are expanded with the streaming services, those numbers are only going up. How do they make money? People want to hear what he's got to say, but it'll be a lot better if he's candid. Um, it's hard at the beginning for a lot of these guys to be critical of guys they played with or, or who were am, am I the only one to think that he's not just doing football stuff with Oh, he's Fox? doing more. I mean, it says in there, very vague, is available for promotional and other opportunities through Fox. I don't think he's making $37 million a year just to call a game of the week. I think a big part of it, he's in a movie right now, uh, 80 for Brady that he's filming. I think there's going to be movie elements. There's going to be reality TV elements that he's going to be involved in. I just think that it's more than just NFL games that he's going to be a part of. Well, Maybe gonna, I'm wrong. He's going to be an ambassador for Fox as well. Uh, with their partners and with their clients. Um, I don't know to what degree or extent that goes. Let's just be honest. Tom Brady retired for about a month earlier this year to spend more time with his family. And a month later, it looked like he didn't want to spend more time with his family anymore. Uh, he came back to the NFL and now he's got this this very hectic job, at least for during football season again, with Fox. So family time, eh, not so much. And and by the way, am I the only one that thinks that Tom Brady as a Tampa Bay Buck is a lot more interesting and enjoyable? Then Tom Brady is a New England Patriot. Yeah, are we going to get that guy? Are we going to yes. get the guy who said, uh, "Why wouldn't we?" You know, we shouldn't. We shouldn't. Well, because he can hurt his friends' feelings. Well, he's not working for Bill Belichick. Yeah, uh, no, he's going. I think he's going to continue to show that personality. Yeah, I hope that's what everybody wants. That could be worth three seventy-five. I hope he completely unleashes because I mean, there's a certain degree of of veiling of information that he does now even with the Tampa Bay Bucks but when he's free he's free and I hope that he just goes you know all out and his friends you know let's face it his really great friends they retired 10 years ago yeah so we're talking about a guy who's been in the league for 22 23 years at that point uh final thing for you Armando Sean Payton has offers on the table from Amazon and from Fox Sports uh, as we await what he's going to do in the 2022 season. Front Office Sports has also reported this morning that the Carolina Panthers have already let him know that they want in the running for him to be their head coach a year from now. <laughs> um, I, I look forward to the national media jumping on this and turning this into a racial issue too, just like it'll be in Dallas a year from now whenever he interviews for that job. Uh, and Miami, right? Sure. So... Yeah, and interviews if he has to. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't have to. No, he won't have to. Exactly. His interview is his one loss record over the last what dozen years with uh, since 2006 with the New Orleans Saints. So that's the interview right there, ladies and germs. 
What a, uh, what, a what a dead man walking scenario for Matt Rule. I mean, it was bad enough, but now you've got that over your shoulder. You got no chance. I mean, well, I how, mean, how many head coaches right now would feel confident that their their owner would keep them over Sean Payton wanting a coach for them yeah, right now? A handful, not many. That that's the other thing. Uh, I think he is. He gets the uh, that congruency, you know, uh, little diagram thing. He gets the open end over most of the coaches that I can think of. There's maybe six, seven that wouldn't be. That's a good segment for your show yep. after I'm done. Uh, who wouldn't you hire Sean Payton over? Yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll certainly discuss that. List. We can do the list right now. Armando Salguero, um, content provider. I yep, love it. That's right. Um, and you know, with with Carolina. <laughs> They're just making sure that he knows, hey, a year from now, after you recharge your batteries, um, don't just assume it's Dallas or bust. We'll pay more. That's David Tepper. Yeah, Say, we're we're going to pay more than, than Jerry Jones. And, and who knows? Maybe Amazon or Fox Sports will pay more to keep him a year from now based on what we saw with Tom Brady. Who, who knows where this is all headed? And that would have to include draft pick compensation as well to the Saints. There you go. Armando, thank you as always, Thanks. and we'll look forward to uh, all the coverage continuing uh, this afternoon and, of course, tonight with the schedule release. Thank you, man. All right, Armando there, outkick.com, the website. Uh, continuing to discuss the report from Front Office Sports regarding Sean Payton and the Carolina Panthers. That's next on Outkick 360. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'll kick 360 rolls on. So with the, the question I brought up of how many coaches would feel safe knowing that Sean Payton is willing to come to the organization if the owner, you know, also wanted Sean Payton. I don't think the list is as long as what people may think across the league. I've got 10. There's no way Matt Rule would feel safe with or without Sean Payton this season. No, he, he's involved. dead man walking. By the way, no matter Sean Payton. for those who just, are just joining us, the report from Front Office Sports is the Panthers are extremely interested in pursuing Sean Payton after he takes his year to recharge the batteries on whatever network he chooses. He has offers on the table from Amazon and Fox Sports. I have five that are absolutes. Belichick, Tomlin, Harbaugh, Reed, McVay. And then I've got five that are second level. LaFleur, Vrabel, Shanahan, McDermott, and Carroll. I'm not so sure about Pete Carroll. If they're keeping him through this, I think he's got the Seahawks for as long as he wants the Seahawks. There was nothing reassuring this offseason whenever they decided to keep him, uh, whenever reports were that he could be the surprise firing after, I, I, after the season. There was something going on. If they didn't on. fire him now when they're doing the rebuild thing, I think it's his to rebuild. Well, it, them not having a quarterback – and needing a quarterback makes me think they would ditch Carroll for Sean Payton and the discovery of a quarterback in his background 
with quarterbacks even quicker. I think he's pretty safe with uh, with ownership there. Like they've got a long, you know, long cozy well, relationship. Take kind being of safe out of it. Who would you rather have as your coach? I, I'd rather have uh, I, I'd rather have Peyton, but I'm not as in love with Peyton as as most people. Peyton didn't get as much out of that team as he should well, have but, I mean, over that time. Still period. saying that I don't like Pete Carroll that much, as much as most people either. Well, you're saying you're not that in love with Sean Peyton, but you're saying you'd take Sean Peyton over a guy who's won a Super Bowl and been to another one in the NFL. So you love Sean Peyton. I do too. I mean, I, I would take him over. I agree with you. I'd take him over Carroll. Um, there's not many I wouldn't take Sean Payton over. But if you're in need of finding a quarterback and developing one, or you just have a young quarterback you believe in, that makes, to me, Sean Payton even more attractive. I know, but it's, it's, I, 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 we haven't seen him develop a quarterback. I, I mean, he had a quarterback the whole time he was there. I would argue that he developed Drew Brees. Coming off the injury. Drew Brees right, was well, not Drew Brees so, until he got to New Orleans. So we've seen him develop one quarterback, the same way we've seen Belichick develop need. one quarterback. But the presumption that he'll develop the next guy, I mean, he didn't do anything with Jameson Winston or anybody in, in the second chance. And when it got hard, he bailed. So who are the, who are the head coaches that have developed multiple star quarterbacks? Um, I mean, that's fair. Andy, Andy Reid has developed multiple quarterbacks. He's the oldest, probably, on the list, or second oldest, Pete Carroll, right? Belichick, so he's third oldest. I mean, there's not – Yeah, I mean, the, the, yeah that's the good fair. News, the good news for the head coaches out there who would feel unsafe, the other, uh, <laughs> the other 22, um, is Dallas is likely going to be open next year. Yeah, and because he's going to want to go to Dallas. Because Sean he's Payton from is available. There. Yeah, he's got a house there, and he's got roots there. Yeah. So, but Matt Rule's out of a job, no matter what, unless they have a miracle season. It doesn't matter who's available, who's not available, anything. Yes. I mean, I mean all the Carolina tough, beat tough writers think he's a dead man walking, and none of them were talking about Sean Payton at the owners' meetings. They were talking about Matt Rule. The only thing that keeps Sean Payton out of Dallas, to me, is Fox or Amazon. <laughs> not another offer in the league. You worry more about Jeff Bezos yeah. than Pete Carroll. <laughs> or if Jerry Jones goes and gets into one of his Jason Garrett moods where he just is hell-bent on keeping or an that. inferior guy. Or that. NFL players going into year number two that have had significant upgrades around them next.